Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword lovesport. <laughs> you are listening to I, I really wanted to do that and I got to perfect timing I'm one of you for this evening for the next hour anyway you are listening to the Leeds Fan Show with me Charlie Hawkins and I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio with John McKenzie and special guest Mark Thompson from All Stats Aren't We and what a show we have tonight we're going to be talking about those two games because in the championship the games come thick and fast when you get a bad result like you do on the weekend to Cholwen you put it in the rearview mirror. Then you go and beat the only side who haven't lost in the championship. Sorry, West Brom. That stat on all stats, aren't we, <laughs> has gone. That was That's the only, that's the only that's good. good. I like yeah, that's good. That's yeah. all I can bring to this party, John. <laughs> From here, it goes rapidly downhill. <laughs> We're going to be speaking to Josh Schneider-Weiler. Uh, who is from the Training Ground Guru podcast about a chat he had with the Leeds foo- uh, football director today? Yeah, director of football. Director. Oh, damn it. <laughs> See, he went <laughs> all close. wrong from there, yeah. And we're going to be doing the listener questions and talking to Stan from the Millwall show because the Millwall show is afterwards. What a show we have for you this hour. But first, as always, we like to kick it off with a stat. Mark, please take to the floor. Uh, Leeds have won two of their last 20 games in London. Two. Ooh. That's quite something. Uh, I've got more of that. He's got a lot for us. Uh, yeah. So uh, Bielsa's record in London: played four, lost one. Uh, sorry, drew one, lost three. So he's got one point in four games. Uh, over the last five seasons, played fifteen, won one, drawn six, lost eight. So the last victory we had was against QPR. That was the game where Roof scored a hat trick. Riedval did his wonderful clown impression in the goal. Ball bounced over him yeah. about four times somehow. <laughs> and uh, but that was the last one we had. 
Uh, I think the, that was it 2017. That was uh, December 2017. The one yeah. before that was the ridiculous 3 0 win against Fulham in March 2015. Do you even remember that? I the don't know. Byram scored a header, like w- probably the only header. I don't even remember Byram to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's been that long. So this is why. So basically, uh, one one win a year every two years is, is that what we're looking at? Um, so we do a win. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the last one was 2017. Before that was 2015. Before that was 2013. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. Year it is now. 2019. I'm gonna have to steal that stat from you to maybe present them all because I don't think they're going to go into this game with much confidence no. but maybe if they hear those stats <laughs> their favours and their fortunes may change let's talk about that Charlton game then because obviously it's been a horrific time for Leeds in London that continued they had the possession they had the chances but no points no goals where did it all go wrong John? Yeah, it's an interesting one. We had a really bad September, really. We were flying before that. The August, we were top of the league. I mean, we, we, I mean, we could have been even further ahead than we were. But yeah, the September was was pretty pretty dire, and it was topped off by that result against against Charlton. Now, Charlton, as we know, they they were always going to sit deep. Um, they're always going to be hard to break down. They're always going to be stodgy. But they weren't. It wasn't that they they sat from the from the off. They they did go forward. They had basically one chance going forward and they took it and then that was everything they needed to to just sit back and make it hard for us so we didn't help ourselves it was again another defensive error um there was basically a a a corner that the shot was taken off and then uh, Kiko Casilla palmed it into we think Stuart Dallas and 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 then it went in the only other thing that they the only other chance they had was a free kick from outside the box um and that was it that was the there were the the two the two chances they had and that's all they needed that is all they needed. I've done the Cholton fan show this week and, you know, they commended the, the way that Leeds play, but they said, you know, it doesn't matter. Chances, position, they took their chance, even if it was off the back of Macaulay yeah. Bond, who we spoke to. He didn't know much about it, Mark. It's, <laughs> a, it's the problem that we've seen already this season. We gave away a very cheap goal. We did it against Swansea, Derby, Forest. Uh, it's another problem that we've had. The only goals we've conceded seem very... Preventable, Sloppy. preventable yeah, yeah. goals, which is the infuriating thing. We've let, I think, we've let in five, is it yeah, so five, far? Five and uh, which is a, that's a great stat in itself, it's, isn't it? It's the strongest defense in the league. Yeah, but we're still moaning about the five we've let in. Mm. The fact is, this is the championship. It's, it's one of the toughest leagues in the world for a reason, mm. because you've got to go to places, you've got to travel far, a couple of times a week, and. I mean, you're going to make mistakes along the way. You just need to be able to create enough to score at the other end, and that's where the problem lies. To echo what you're saying, Mark, the Championship is a really tough division. I think it is one of the toughest. 46 games, you can play two, three times a week. Sometimes, you know, triple headers away, double headers away. You're going to get results like this. A bad day at the office, we can pass it off 1-0 to Charlton. It will happen, but... How many times will Leeds look back at results like this when they are trying to get back to the so-called promised land, they're trying to get to that Premier League? How much will results like this, when they are sloppy goals, when you know they're dominating, mm. are they going to look back and go, this is where wh- why we're in the playoffs, not the top two, or why we fall out of the playoffs? Because it's, it's these results, isn't it, John? I think, I think it will be, yeah. I, I think... We, one thing that we ran on our Twitter account this week was we looked at um, box shot conversions. So obviously shooting in the box, you're much more likely to score. Uh, but in the games where we dropped points so far, so against Swansea, against Derby and against uh, Charlton, um, Swansea took four box shots and they scored one um, Derby took three and they scored one and Charlton took two and they scored one so we've, we've really been quite unlucky it's it we as a as a stats site we are always going to talk about um, about sample sizes and, and making sure that you're not getting carried away with with um, runs of form because because you know we, we've seen it with with Swansea we're saying their underlying numbers probably won't stack up to, to where they end up at the end of the uh, the season um, 
but with with us it's been the other way around and you have to remind yourself look no te- no team is going to do that no that, that they those four, uh, three games they had a conversion rate of box shots to 33% and the rest of the the league i think is about 11.9% so it's just it's just unlucky really mark how annoying is it i mean no no football fan wants their team to lose but how frustrating is it when you lose when you have outplayed your opponent everyone can take it when oh, look we haven't turned up today we're not other races but when you deserve to get something from the game it's harder it's a harder pill to swallow isn't it do, do you know the infuriating thing for me is that we're, we're looking at last season and we we believe we're a better side than we were last mm. season we've learned the lessons from last season and yet we are seeing the same mistakes in the back half of last season that made us fall into the playoffs so the games against qpr and wigan especially last year we've seen those same things replicated um just not taking the chances when they come to us but also teams working out that they channel is wide then we will continue to go wide and play the game they want us to play and throw the balls into the box we have the worst crossing percentage in the league and they know that two they'll have two good headers in the center in center back and they'll chuck in the crosses and then they'll deal with it and it's not a problem they can be down to 10 men like wigan were and it's not an issue well that's that's a that's a wider bielsa issue that he needs to know I think size we will come onto it at some point, but he was he was a solution to that in the first half of last season. We need someone like Costa to step into that gap and be that brain, especially when someone like Pablo is out. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you. I feel like could be wrong, and I want to ask you all stats, aren't we? That Leeds, when they do concede a goal and it is rare, I feel like it's in the later stages of the game. Is there a stat for that? Because yeah. I always feel like last 15, 20, I don't know if that's fair it, to say, I think John. It might be 80%, or that might have changed now. It was but all but, it, it all was, but Charlton, was, right? Yeah, I think it, it's, so it's four out of, four out of five. Is that, is, is that a worrying trend? Can you see? Because, you know, like to hold on to games or to wait it out, you know, does that fall down to the players, the management side? Because. It's quite frustrating, isn't it? It's interesting because actually in the last game, the game that we're about to go... Are you liking my research about, there, John? Yeah, well, yeah, that's more really good. Yeah, Come on! I'm impressed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in the, in, the, in the last few games, we've changed the way that we played. We saw against Derby that after Click missed that penalty, we really dropped off on a high press and we looked... Um, we looked uh, the, the word that everyone uses with Click, <laughs> leggy. We looked, we looked tired. Um, and interestingly enough, I feel as though when we, when we came out against West Brom and we got that goal... Uh, in in the latter stages of that game, we looked far more defensively pragmatic than we had done in any other game that I've seen under Bielsa, let alone this season. So um, maybe it's maybe we are learning our lessons, and we are and we are saying, you know, if teams are going to do that, that to us, why not do it to them? Well, let's talk about uh, the game in midweek because obviously, let's put the Cholton frustrating defeat behind us. You did beat West Brom; they were unbeaten up till then. They were better in the second half, but you did hold on a huge, huge three points. And I want to talk about the manager because he's always animated. I felt like it, it was more so in this game, you know. He was prowling that touchline. He was doing the classic crouching down. It was this one was huge, wasn't it? And you could tell through the manager. I, I think he knew this was uh, he, especially after Charlton um, and this Derby was, before that. And Derby well, before so, that. Yeah. Our home form just hasn't been that of a side that gets promoted. Yeah. Uh, I think we picked it up in the last podcast that uh, it's very rare you get promoted if your away form is better than your home form. Yeah. And then, well, we've managed to like reverse that in the last week. It's been great, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I think he was aware that that was a big victory, and especially the clinging on. We need a two three nil comfortable coast at home to get rid of the cobwebs because it's as much in the stands as it is on the bench, and it's a especially the way that derby game. It's still going to hang over as a little bit at Elland Road. It was a game we should never have lost, and the fans, however much they say we've moved on and however well we play it will be there yeah. we know how to throw away a lead we've done it so much and we've done it 
so much already this season. That's yeah. the infuriating thing. We also need to come back as well from being a goal behind. That Charlton game was worrying because we were goal down and we didn't really look like it was a game we were going to win. Mm. We might have scraped a draw, but we didn't look like we were going to win it. We talk about we talk about control all the time uh, on all stats, aren't we? And that is because um, that's all well and good when we're when we're able to prevent other teams from scoring. But the problem is, as soon as you as soon as you lose that first goal, then you don't need to really be controlled anymore. You need to be you need to be decisive. You need to be creative, like you were saying as as well with Costa and and Pablo and losing size. So yeah. Well, last time uh, I was on the show, you presented me with a Patrick Bamford stat that if he carried on converting the chances that he has been, he was going to get 27 goals, I believe. It's not quite happening that way so far. <laughs> he, he was trying to claim the goal in the week. He, he didn't even get that one. It's now been given an own goal. So uh, what's happening with that stat, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's Josh Hobbs' favourite stat, so I'll, I'll blame it on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am too. Uh, let's talk about the managers because there was no love lost in the week, was there? Yeah, no. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think um, Bilic is. We we talked about. He's a bit Bilic. of a passion merchant, Bilic. Yeah, but I think so there's, a, there's, also, there's right? a respect think, there. Yeah, mm. I think there was respect. I know Bilic apparently went into the the changing room afterwards and congratulated Leeds. Uh, he said that the game was really good. Uh, obviously, Bielsa was was <laughs> enjoyed the game as well. So I think it was I think it was fine. And um, I I think that they are they are both very interesting managers in in the championship, which sort of gave the the game a bit of an edge. And I think most people would agree that it was the most entertaining game that, that there's been in the in the championship so far. It was very open. It was very um, it, there was there was chances. It could have gone either way. Uh, I think it was a, a good advertisement for the championship, as they say. I don't want to say one step forward, two steps back at a minute, but you mentioned John. It's not been the greatest of September. You probably would have looked at those two fixtures away to Charlton. I think we can get that result. West Brom, they're unbeaten. Maybe. If we get a point was three points from six there when you are trying to achieve was that good enough looking a reflection now looking at those two games mark well I, we say it was a bad month um we, i think we've won two drawn one lost one right we, well we we beat we, we only played three games in the played, month because of the, uh, the other the, one was yeah. before so, yeah, so you, technically it's it's a, a a loss a draw and a you, win yeah well mm. the derby game was the one that it was infuriating yeah. because you that, everyone knows that penalty goes in we are coasting. We probably even score a third, maybe even a fourth. We're that much in control. Um, but Charlton, we've just seen the London result. London starts. We never win in London. <laughs> I'm not expecting us that. You'd want, yes, you'd want at least a draw from that game. We probably deserve the draw. Swansea, you probably deserve the draw as well. But we can't win every game. You can't get points from every game in this league. You just need to be consistent enough across the season if we could keep up this level of consistency mm. we will be a top two side yeah. a and minimum this, top three and is this there is a stat we, for that? Well, this is why we bang on about XG because XG like shows that the, the quality of the chances that you're taking are good enough for you to, to maybe win or draw games rather than just taking shot, shots or goals scored as, a, as your statistic I do love a stat statistically where would you have to how many points on average do you know would you have to get to get the top two do you know or is that, does it not work out like that I can't find that out oh I love it I love being part of this show all stats aren't we well as we find that out I'm delighted to say next up we'll be talking to Josh Schneider-Weiler all about his chat with the director Director of Football at Leeds today. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station.
You are listening to the Leeds Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with John McKenzie and Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? And you can get involved as well. This is your team, your voice. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. But one man we have called, and we're very excited to talk to him now, is Josh Schneider-Weiler from the Training Ground Guru podcast. Josh, a real pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. We heard you had a very interesting chat today with the Leeds director of football well thank you for having me on uh, it's a real pleasure and uh, yeah I did have uh, we had a great conversation uh, with Victor Orta today um, what a charming guy and a man who's clearly really passionate about his football it just comes through when you talk to him and he just lights up when he's talking football hi Josh it's John here Hi, John. Uh, just a question about his backstory. Can you? He, you mentioned to me that he um, t- told you a little bit about where he came from, how he ended up in football. So could you maybe give us a, a little bit of a potted history? Yeah. Um, so he got his start at Radio Marca um, it, in Spain. Um, you know, Marca's the biggest uh, national newspaper. And it was all because a friend uh, kind of recommended him to Radio Marca. And then from there, you know, it kind of took off. He ended up uh, working at Eurosport. And then he got into the football agent. Uh, he was a football intermediary. He was a football agent uh, at U First, which at the time really specialized with like NBA players. And he kind of started the, the football uh, part of the department. And uh, that's where he met Monchi at, um, at Sevilla. And that kind of kick-started his career because uh, he was representing Juan de Ramos and Adriano, uh, left back at the time. And so that's how he kind of got his foot in the door um, was as a football agent. Um, and then he got his first big break as, as 25, um, you know, as a director of football at a, a team in the second division. So it all came really fast for him. Um, hi, hi know, Josh, it's Mark here. Uh, hi. I think obviously one of the interesting things is uh, the relationship with Bielsa. Uh, we all know yeah. Bielsa is a very private individual. He doesn't really talk to the players much. Did you get any kind of insight as to what their relationship is like? Because obviously, Orta and Kinnear are one of the few that are allowed into that inner circle. Yeah, I mean, he's known uh, Bielsa for a long time. He tried to hire him twice when he was at Zenit and at um, Sevilla. So the, the third time's a, a lucky charm. And uh, so he'd always wanted to work with Bielsa and they, you know, the eye eye on many things. And they, they talk every day, um, you know, two to three times a week in person. Uh, so they have a really good relationship and they, uh, they share some of the same values. Um, they both really love how Leeds have like a really strong tradition and um, passionate fans and that appeal to both of them. So I think they see eye to eye on, on a lot of things. Just going back to that that question, the, the the thing that you mentioned, whereby he started out obviously working in media and then moved into intermediary work, and is now working as a director of football. Did you get any sense of of what it is that motivates him as as a person? Like what's his what's his philosophy? What was the big goal? Was the big goal for him to be a director of football? Um, well, I mean, he's clearly always had an interest. You know, he he talked about how when he was a he was a, a just a really passionate fan, and he used to write the lineups and tactics of all these teams around Europe um, when he was a fan in his notebook. So it's something that he's always clearly had an interest in and, you know, kind of, I, I think, building a team. And he, I, he just really likes a challenge, which is something that also, um, you know, kind of makes him similar to Bielsa. They, they wanted a challenge. It's not just um, about doing it for any team. They always look for a team with a history and with a bit of a challenge. 
Obviously, getting Bielsa was a massive coup for Orta, and if uh, Bielsa takes us up, I think that's probably every, what everyone will remember from his time here. But uh, that first season and some of his signings just frankly haven't worked out. I think we've sold something like 30 players this summer. A large number of those were players that he brought in. Did he give any sort of reasons or excuses as to why such a large quantity of those players just didn't work out? Uh, he didn't really talk as much about the players, but, you know, he did talk about, um, you know, his hiring of Paul Heckingbottom and um, kind of the mistake that was made there. Not that, you know, Paul was a bad coach by any means, but that it was under tight time constraints. And, he, you know, they had only kind of made the decision um, in a short period of time. You know, we're talking days here. And um, it, as it was a quick decision, that kind of led, to it not working out um, so well. And it was that first year, though, that after that hiring that he kind of realized he needed a really strong personality, and that's kind of what gave him the idea for Bielsa. Not specifically Bielsa, but he realized they needed a really strong character and personality to be the next uh, manager. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm wondering whether or not he mentioned at all the the relationship that he has with fans, because I think um, obviously as a result of of what it was that Mark was talking about there, I think there was a lot of fans who were quite suspicious of him. Uh, we were one of the few teams I think at the time who had a director of football in the championship, um, and I think now if you were to ask most Leeds fans, um, I think they would be largely positive uh, about Water. So did he talk about that side of of his experiences at all? Well, I mean, one of the things he mentioned was how, uh, just in general, in England, a lot of people still kind of, um, you know, distrust or mistrust um, the director of football position and how that's changing. And he actually pointed to Stuart Weber at Norwich mm. and was hoping that he would be kind of a shining light for people to, you know, appreciate the position of the director of football. Um, but you know, it's funny, he still thinks of himself very much, I think, as a fan. And, you know, it's a bit different, but it's clearly still in him. You know, he, he's a fan of the game, first and foremost, and he, you know, clearly just loves watching games. And um, so I think he can still relate to, to fans, but he, he just was really, I think, pleased with kind of the direction of fans appreciating the director of football a little bit more. Uh, and I think another thing that fans asked a lot of questions over in the summer was uh, centre-back. Uh, and obviously we uh, we lost uh, Janssen and everyone was looking at Ben White and being, oh, we're bringing this very young young player to replace a Swedish international. Um, and we, all we kept hearing from especially Phil Hay was that uh, Bielsa is happy with his centre-backs, is happy with the number of centre-backs he has. Um, but that the club were advising him maybe to get others. Did you hear from Orta any kind of disagreements that he's had with Bielsa over players that he wants to sign or players that he wants to bring in? Uh, no, um, we didn't really get into specifics about, you know, which players he were, they were looking at um, uh, at all, especially not at, at center backs. But, you know, what he did say is that, you know, I wouldn't, if I was a Leeds fan, I would not be expecting any signings uh, for the most part in January because he, he mentioned that, the January window is, is a really difficult time to make transfers. Um, and it just is, it doesn't seem like they, they will be doing much in, uh, you know, in the January window. So I wouldn't expect too much, um, you know, in, uh, in terms of center back or anyone. I, I imagine he's a bit burned by Dan James there as well. We all, we've all seen <laughs> in the documentary. So, Yeah. Um, 
one last question, Josh. Um, you mentioned, you alluded in the, in the intro that, that he's a lovely guy. Um, what sort of sense did you get about his personality? Yeah, I mean, he's just so charming and um, just warm. And, you know, you meet him and, you know, I, like the first part of the interview, I mean, I, I wasn't even doing the, the questioning and he was addressing me. Um, so he's just a really warm guy and um, clearly has a way with people. I mean, it, it's no surprise that he was an intermediary um, and, and kind of rose through the ranks as quickly as he did because, you know, he's just got a warm personality that I think anyone can really appreciate. Josh, just very quickly, if, if we want to check out the interview, which I'll do, where, where can people find it? Where can fans go to listen to it? And where can we find you? Uh, it's called the Training, Round, uh, the Training Ground Guru Podcast, um, and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast. So that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, you can get it. It's called the Training Ground Guru Podcast. Josh, we'll certainly check that out, as I know Leeds fans will. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. A real pleasure to uh, speak to you. Josh Schneider-Weiler there the, from the Training Ground Guru Podcast. Well, just before we spoke to Josh, I asked you about a stat. What was needed to make that top two? What were the points total needed? I think, Mark, we have that answer now, don't we? Yeah, uh, top two is 1.89 points per game, so that's about 87 points in total. And Champions is 2.02 points per game, uh, so that's 93. And we're not, well, I mean, we're on we're two. Bang in between it. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're fighting for, we're definitely top two form, even though sometimes we may not feel it. <laughs> well, that's exactly the position you, you want to be in, because uh, obviously it'd be nice to go up top two and not have to deal with the playoffs again. Yeah, yeah I, I can't. No, <laughs> Mark said I can't. So even if it does, he's he's not entertaining it whatsoever no, because I'm going away. He's going away. You heard it from him himself. Well, next up, I'm delighted to say is the listener questions. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio.
You are listening to the Leeds Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with John McKenzie and Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? And it has been a night of stats. Stats that I am enjoying. Leeds, not so much because London trips aren't that good at the minute. They're hoping that will change this weekend when they play Millwall. We'll do a little game preview in a moment's time. Now, though, it is another favourite part of the show. It is the listener questions. First one, if Stuart Dallas is our most complete footballer which member of the first 11 do you consider as our most incomplete footballer I'm going to pass this over to Mark because I know he has strong feelings about this I can't wait uh, uh, Alioski um, I'm, I'm just not even sure he's a footballer it's, he's, he's a great athlete he's a great athlete he brings a lot to the yeah, team yeah you back down Mark but, but he's the brain, he's got a bit of a Hadi Sacco brain. For, for Leeds fans, I know what that means. He gets into certain positions and then he just gets really excited. Mm. Alexis Sanchez, you know how he like does exactly the wrong thing in every scenario? He's basically like that. But at, at the same time, he gets results. Like the, the amount of, I think I, I, I looked this up. He was fifth for our goals scored last year, third for assists, and second behind Click in second assists. And he's a left back. Yeah. But that, I mean, he doesn't really play like a left back. He doesn't does play. He? Well, this, it. this, he's a free roaming <laughs> left back because he's not a footballer. The false three, it's, it's, a, it? it's an idea of just like, <laughs> here is just a line of pitch. Just run up and down it as much as you can and annoy people. And he's really good at it as long as that's the instruction he's given. Did you know that Sony game, the really old one, where you, you had like all the footballers on a twizzle stick and you push it and they would go just in a straight line forwards or backwards? Yeah. That's basically him. Listen, it's more than I could do at school. <laughs> uh, the next question. No I in team. Why do you think so many Leeds United fans still focus on the individual rather than the system when assessing a player's merit, i.e. the criticism of Harrison Bamford per- for perceived individual failures in spite of what they clearly belong, the, what they clearly bring to the collective? Side before self every single time yeah I think that, that this is interesting and this is something that we've tried to um, talk about a lot on All Stats on we this notion that Bielsa is all about the system um, we, we've, sa- we've said it before it, it, people talk about plan B as well um, but what, what Bielsa has done is he's, he's owned this system where um, you can bring in players and play to their strengths so rather than it sort of being a formation it is it is a system it sort of fluctuates quite fluid it can you can do things with it um, differently depending on the players that you've got in it um, so that you can you can bring more, more out of it but all Leeds fans should know that this squad was basically like mid lower table before Bielsa came in so if you're assessing the individuals then you're always going to be missing out on on the strength of what it is that Bielsa does it is all about um, that that cohesion it is all about that coherence that you get when you play the team together Um, so yeah I think I I fully agree with that I don't know why we do fan I mean obviously with with Bamford it's it's obvious why we because he's a striker you know you want your striker to score but at the same time and I think what was great about the West Brom game was that um, it was the first sense I think that we got where people actually really understood how important Bamford is to the system, not just in terms of scoring goals. I, I think there's also a bit of conditioning in it from the fan side. We've been let down so, <laughs> so much in the past. Playoffs, cup finals, it Champions hurts. League. I mean, it's there. Uh, and it's really handy if you have a scapegoat. It's really, really nice if you've prepared yourself psychologically and be like, well, it's definitely his fault. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, and we like to pick on one, like even Champions League, we had Ian Hart, who is everyone's uh, least favourite left back. Like, he <laughs> was the one that, oh, why didn't we, uh, Arna Risa? Like, he was, he was going to join us and then we've ended up with Hart, who's got the turning circle of a know, tanker or something. <laughs> but um, I think it's, it's also comforting that when things go wrong, 
you've pre- like psychologically prepared yourself for them going wrong by pre-blaming someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it, it, I find it. Comforting we do the other thing as well as Lee's fans, which is we we look for solutions outside of the pl- the actual playing yeah. eleven. So we're like, well, you know, if we played X, who was on the bench or who is not in the squad at the moment, then everything that we've all of these problems that we had would. Be I think solved. every football club does that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the running joke is Ryan Edmondson is going to solve all our problems. The nineteen-year-old yeah, yeah. is like. played one one game for us Uh, well just for all the listeners out there these questions aren't just questions they have headers before the questions and this one is an absolute goldmine caught in the middle with Stu hey is Dallas into midfield the right move could Click do the for sure stuff and let one of the other hip young gunslingers do the Click stuff yeah, I think this is interesting. I don't. I didn't listen to the the pre match presser. Did you catch up with it? Because the impression I got was that maybe Dallas is going to be playing in the middle. That was his, that was the first thing he said was that uh, we have an option to play Dallas in the middle with Ailing at the at, at fullback. He said, but then immediately said, although our other option is we can bring in Roberts and drop Click back. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at the squad, that is the obvious thing to do. You do one of those two things. For me, Dallas has probably been the best right back in the division. So why would you move him out of that? Mm. place and, and that's really weird for me to say because he's a left winger <laughs> but yeah. he, he's he has been him and Ben White have been easily the two most consistent players on our side so why would you disrupt that dynamic I think if it was anywhere other than Millwall away I would love to see Robbie Gotts come in mm. because we're looking for young players to step up Bielsa's happy to do that he is a, a mini Shackleton. He's just, well, I say they're the same age, basically. But they, they are the same player in a lot of ways. They're that creativity, they can run forward. And he's been on the, I think he's the most unused substitute in our history. So over 20 or 30 games or something now that he's just been on the bench unused. Mm. I think he'll be on the bench again. But uh, the problem is when we saw Cook come off the bench at Millwall, it, this is Lewis Cook who's now gone on to represent England. He gave away a penalty. He was only on for 30 minutes. It's not a good place for yeah. a lad to make his debut. Yeah, I, I, I agree with this. I, you look, Mill, Millwall isn't a place where we're going to s- sit and then be under the cosh for 90 no. minutes. It's a, we are going to be having Careful, to break John, down. Millwall are on <laughs> afterwards. You have to leave yeah, this no. studio alive. I think there might be some of them out there already, you know, <laughs> listening in. Um, but yeah, we, look, they, the way that they play is not, it, it is not possession heavy. They, they, they do look to take you on the counter-attack. They do like to uh, take you through set pieces and corners, um, free kicks. That, that's, what they're, that's what they're going to try and do. And against Leeds, that's a perfectly adequate tactic um i think the the thing is is that we don't really do we really want a sort of more defensive central midfielder in in that team with with phillips already i, I would rather see click drop back that's where he played it, last season and then and it then seems like the most natural thing to do is to yeah. drop click back bring in roberts uh the the only advantage is obviously with cooper out ailing is a more natural defender from set pieces he's got a bit more height back there yeah. roberts might not instinctively have the yeah. the positioning from set pieces to help out but that's not Bielsa's style Bielsa does us first them a distant second so well we said these questions have good headers the next one is brilliant <laughs> it's a uh, these Millwall uh, based on your data which of the absentees will be affected uh, by the most against Millwall yeah that's a good question um, so we're missing Forshaw we're missing um, Cooper we're missing who else are we missing Pablo oh of course Pablo well, I mean Shackleton. obviously obviously we're going to miss Pablo the most yeah. um for sure, as we all know, is the most integral member of our team, as I like to remind everyone. Um, and if you actually look at, we've talked about box shots before, you can, you can almost correlate with how many box shots we're going to concede with whether or not Forshaw was playing or not. So um, against against a team like Millwall, though, as we said, um, maybe Forshaw's uh, upside probably won't 
um, shine through as much if they do sit deep and it's about unlocking the unlocking the the their the, their defense then obviously Pablo is important so I'm going to so say Pablo I have a slightly different view uh, Pablo, say Cooper yeah you? Pablo never shows up at Millwall <laughs> never shows up it just on the road in London especially just oh, yeah. never turns up so I I'm not really that worried about that Cooper is the one just because Big Matt Smith is their main goal threat we know th- like long throws corners that's where it's going to happen um I think it's, I've got another stat here. Mm. It, by January last year, we had 10 different centre-back combinations involving seven players, and we're freaking out because we've lost one. This we've, We have the same number of defenders we had last year, and we, will, we coped. We were first, and we'd had 10 different centre-back combinations. We can panic all we want, but there's a reason Bielsa has the size squad he has. It's because that's what he wants. Yeah. And he, as I said before, he does us first, he does them second. And he, he'll stick Baradi on Matt, Matt Smith and we'll really enjoy the optics <laughs> of it. He'll climb up his back like he did with Aidan Flint <laughs> at Middlesbrough. And um, it'll be all over social media, but he won't care. Yeah. It's, well, if it takes away from us, he doesn't care because it will give to them. Yeah. It's, I've just had a vision of... of a cooperless defence against Millwall <laughs> and, and Berardi in there so yeah I'm going to change mine to, to Cooper as well I think. well the next question are we set for a tumble will our XG rating fall as the system picks up the fact that we're struggling to score if anything you'd expect the opposite to happen yeah. because <laughs> if the XG is that good you'd expect at some point we can actually finish our chances yeah. and things will like the, the xg is there to say these are get these are goals that you should score a decent percentage of and we are currently below that so at some point you'd hope that our goal scoring catches up with it. the problem with banford is he tends to get one and then he'll get three yeah and then he'll go through a barren three in a, in a game won't this he? is the ridiculous thing like so you always say one and two for a striker is pretty good he's got four and ten that's not bad that's absolutely fine yeah and it's he did the same last season he's just infuriating because he misses so many easy chances. But if, to be honest, if he plays like he did against West Brom, he will do enough for the team to warrant his selection each week, mm. which is incredible considering you've got a guy like Nketiah on the bench who is probably worth what, 25 million conservative. Ooh, I'm not like, sure about 25 <laughs> no, million. Think about it. Like, he's an England under 21 international. I, I, like Sancho, before he left for Man City, was still worth a good chunk. I think it, Arsenal fans would put it up there. I'm interested to hear how much you would value uh, Eddie Nketiah. Uh, how Just much of interest? Uh, ooh, I mean, he's a super talent. He, I think he comes from a super club. Um, <laughs> and I'm how, much is, how much is Charlie Hawkins paying? If he, Charlie Hawkins <laughs> shelling yeah, through yeah. his wallet, how much is he paying for Eddie Nketiah? Listen, I, Mark makes a very good point. You know, English talent is always going to go. Uh, the, the market inflates, doesn't it? Because mm. that, that's what happens. Uh, 25 million, I think, is very, very strong because, yes, he is a, he's a raw uh, talent, but he is unproven. We're hoping he bangs it in every week for Leeds because that's the player that Arsenal wants to come back. But 25 million, when you haven't done it at Premiership level, you Ooh. haven't got those starts, I think is still quite hefty. Okay, maybe it was a bit, bit, I think t- a bit <laughs> premature. If he, yeah. scored, if he scores I 20 it, this season... Listen, like, oh, he like, can like, easily a- the potential. Abra- the talk when Abraham was whacking yeah. in for Bristol City... That that was the numbers being touted around for him, mm. and from what we've seen of him, he can finish. Yeah, it's just trying to. We always have this issue: how on earth do you put him and Bamford in the team <laughs> without taking away from the team? It's a cyclical thing that I don't think we'll ever. Yeah, it's just we'll really easy. You just play in Ketia and you take Bamford out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that simple. Uh, size <laughs> is everything. How much of an improvement would size have made had we kept him based uh, based off all of his time uh, with us against these key passes, assists, or xG? I haven't actually looked into this. Sorry, I, well, I I'll take that time. one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what I would say is that actually, Sayers under Bielsa was not 
quite so impressive as size under previous managers, um, which is harsh because I think size was still was still useful. The question is, to what extent does a, a natural number ten fit within a Bielsa system? And I don't really think Bielsa. Bielsa doesn't. I mean, we were talking before about Stuart Dallas. Like he loves players who who he can play any anywhere. Like players who he can just um, solve by putting a square peg in a round hole. You know, mm-hmm. he he loves doing that. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm thinking back through his his um, previous teams. I'm even struggling to think of of, of like out the one. For me. Yeah, Pai, like, but even then, Payet didn't really play as a ten when he played he, at Marseille. He didn't, he's, but he was that kind of maverick yeah. guy who. He managed, but we've got Pablo, he who's like, it's he's, true. he's like, obviously, Pablo towards the end of his career, but it's, it's, it, but, that, that, that sort of out and out number 10 that we talk about, and I think is a sort of classic position for football fans to want. One doesn't, we don't see quite so much of it as we used to, uh, but I, I also think Bielsa, he likes his, he, his teams are all about movement being creative through movement rather than being th- creative through sheer talent if you're be, if you're requiring someone to be um, sheerly talented to get to get by then you you're missing the point of a lot of the tactics the, one of the problems is obviously we shape our team based on the players that are playing mm-hmm. but I, i've got some stats so size did end third in our second assist table and fifth overall in our assist table bearing in mind he yeah, barely he a, played from <laughs> yeah. october yeah. so he did he, he was a huge impact to the start of the season and there was a period after October where he came in and out of the side and frankly there was already issues going on the, at this point as exactly, well so it is so unfair to, to judge him on that I think it, yeah. it, it, the problem is that he, he when Bielsa came in size was the top dog uh, whereas Payet is a player that Bielsa made yeah, top dog true. and there's, there's a big difference there because Bielsa is, as we said about the collective, everyone has to fit in and do the right thing. So when Saez was on form, it was incredible. He could unlock defences like no other. And probably was one of the best at it in the championship uh, for the first couple of months of last season. The problem is when he didn't do it, Bielsa's team can't carry passengers. We just can't. I mean, we see that with Harrison. He gets whipped off at half-time. Yeah. Well, they were your listener questions. If you did send them in, thank you. We really appreciate it. I know they do all stats, aren't we? Next, though, we do turn our attentions to the game on the weekend. It is Millwall, and I'm delighted to say we will have a very special opposition preview. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Leeds Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Delighted to say I'm joined in the studio with John McKenzie and Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? We have a stat, and I'm delighted to say <laughs> now we are also joined with Stan Godwin from the Millwall Fan Show. We're doing a little crossover here of sort of a transfer, an early January transfer window to talk about the game on the weekend. Stan, it's a real pleasure to have you in the studio. Stan, just before we get your thoughts on the game on the weekend, I've got a stat for you. Well, Mark's got a stat for you about Leeds and how they perform in London, which might make you feel a lot better, please, Mark. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, last seven games against Millwall, we've won one. Drawn one, lost five. Yeah, well, you see, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you see, when you your record uh, when you when you come to us, right, your record has not been good for whatever reason, right, and uh, and because our lot get up for it. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember when when we got back in the championship, and our first. Home game or not? It was one of, when we played you at home. Uh, one of our blokes said he had a banner there. I mean, Harry had got it in the ground. I don't know, but he had this <laughs> banner, and it said, "I bet you're glad to see us," <laughs> and all this sort of thing. And no, I mean, you know, they just this thing with Leeds goes back to the eighties, right? And they just love it. I mean, you know, 
I mean, they're reveling each other. Well, well, they love playing you. They certainly don't like playing in London. It's a very they they have got a terrible time in London of late. They obviously lost to Cholton recently, Stan. That was a surprise. I must admit, it was a surprise. But obviously, your manager list. We're going to talk a lot more about that on the Millwall show. So please stay around for that. But Stan, just on the game itself, and you are a manager, Dan. What are your thoughts going into that one? What should Leeds be worried about, Millwall? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because. You know, I watched I watched Millwall the other night. Yeah. And I watched them last Saturday, right? And tomorrow's game, in in terms of performance, will bear no resemblance to them two games because yeah. the moment the moment we kick off, and it's got nothing to do with Harris, but because it'd be the same even if he was there anyway, right? Yeah. From the moment they kick, if, if for example you kick off, you kick off tomorrow. From the moment you kick off, their blokes are not going to get a moment's peace. Yeah. Because to be fair, we know. We know Leeds are a good side. I mean, in, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing the fact that they've been there, what, three, four years? They've got near the end and still and still can't get out of the division, right? But our lot won't, you know, I mean, our lot will not give them a moment's peace. Well, John, uh, Mark, do you want to ask any questions about Millwood game this weekend? Well, Neil Harris was one of, obviously, the big cheerleaders for you guys. Whenever we played you, the week run into those games, he would always be... He'd always drop something to to wind our fans up and get your fans going. Um, so you don't think that's going to affect it at all? No, no, because it, I mean, if it was if it was other clubs, it might have been. But as I say, Leeds. I mean, for example, let's say he was still there, but for say he'd been in some indiscretion, and they sort of said, "Oh, well, you've got to stay up in the director's box, for example." Right? I mean, it would have made no difference in 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 terms of what happened would happen on the field because our lot will be up for it. Well, let me ask the Leeds then. Do you feel like this is a good time to be playing Millwall with no manager or the <laughs> wrong time? Because, you know, sometimes you, you hear it when a manager has left. It can it can have a good effect, a positive effect on a team because, like Stan said, they get up for it. Millwall won't need to be uh, getting up for this game. They will be. Is it the right or wrong time from a Leeds perspective? I have to say my first thought when I saw Neil Harris had left was, oh, that's good. Um, that's like a positive thing because his face and... Uh, his actions on the bench was—he was always like a cheerleader, always like mm. calling everyone on, pushing everyone forward. I mean, even before if, he was a manager, like, yeah, he was—he exactly. was, he was causing us problems. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So it's not—we're not upset about it by any stretch. <laughs> but as I said, our, I never go to—we never go to Millwall, and I think we're going to get a result. Yeah. That's if we get a draw, I'm happy to get it out of the way with, get a point, move on because it's a horrible place for us to go to. I—I um, I think even the game we won. Uh, we conceded a penalty in the last minute, and you and you hit the bar. Mm. So like you, we have to luck something out of it. Yeah. I, I'd like to think that we've learned from some of the. We know it's going to be a tight game because it always is with Millwall, but maybe we've learned something from our bad results so well, far this season. Well, let me ask the same question to you, Stan, from the Millwall perspective. The first game with Atnew Harris. Are you glad that it is Leeds because it's a players that you know they're going to be up for it anyway? Or would you have liked to face a different opponent this weekend? No, I mean, it's, it is what it is, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I mean, all right, Neil Harris ain't going to be there and, and then we have to deal with that, right? Uh, so in, in one respect, it doesn't matter because, you know, I mean, the, the acting manager, or even, if you, or even if, you know, you had another manager come. So Harris went, you know, yesterday and the day we was being told, oh, this is the new guy, for example. I mean, he wouldn't, and they turn up tomorrow and then, he's not a lot he's got to say in terms for that particular game, right? Mm. Because it would just take care of itself in that sense. I mean, our lot will be up and there'll be, mm. you know, I mean, it's funny because one of the blokes we, our lot used to give a load of grief to was your old centre for Beckford, mm. right? Mm. And he, 
and I used to like Beckford, and I got a lot of time for him because he he always he he, he copped it. Now I don't know what used to be. I mean, I heard some of what was said to him. Whether anything else was said to him, I don't know. And if it was, he kept it to himself, right? And I said to some bloke one day, I think it was Nick Hart, funny enough. I said to him, we were due to up and he was there, and I said, we're going to pay... I said, I said, so we're all giving this abuse. I said, but, you know, one day he's going to turn it on your head and because what happens on mm. that day, he scores two goals, doesn't he? Because yeah. he's running around the pitch with his hands up. I mean, if you dish it out, you've got to take it, haven't you? Of course you have. Yeah, I was just going to say with the, the, the whole losing Harris before the game, like Bielsa obviously micromanages his team as well, so he will have been looking at all of the games that um, that, have, that have happened this season with, with Millwall, and, and a lot of that stuff is just going to be thrown in the bin. So there, there is an extent to which, I guess if you're being cynical about it, you could say, well, it does play in our favour because we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen. There was that Stoke like. game last season when it was the first new... Uh, where, yeah, Nathan Jones game. Well, I think Nathan Jones... Oh, was it his first game? And we'd looked at all of Nathan Jones' past games yeah. and they went, you know what, I'm going to do something completely different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they ended up winning 2-1. It was like one of the only games they've won. Yeah. But I, I, whilst you're here, we have to ask you about Big Matt Smith. Uh, he's, he's come full circle. Oh, yeah, you see, no, I like. I mean, I like Matt Smith, but if but if you're going to sign a player like Matt Smith, then you've got to give him service, right? Now against QPR, for example, uh, you know, instead of him being in the area, which wasn't his fault because he wasn't there, he was always in the in the QPR off, right? Because they kept pumping long balls down. And because he's got the big centre half mm. behind him, the other bloke in front of him screening him, and because his, his job is to lay it off for other people. Well, they're feeding on scraps, right? And with Matt Smith, it's no good trying to put the ball through to him and through to run on, because he ain't got the pace, you see. So what you need, you need him in the area, and you need two people going wide that's going to put crosses in. Can you keep him in your half for the entirety of this match, please? <laughs> well, I don't think, I think he's, I think he's going to be, well, I mean, I think he'll be reveling this tomorrow. No, well, 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 he was unlucky because he, he signed his contract and then we sold him to Fulham straight away, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, Stan, we have to, we're going to hear more of your thoughts on the game on the Millwall Fan Show, but as you are the opposition preview, what is your score prediction for the weekend? Oh, I think we'll win 2-1. Oh, I love it. Of course you do, Stan. Millwall 2-1. That is not what they want to hear. Compounding right. them London troubles for Leeds. John, it is your turn to reply. What is your score prediction for the weekend? I'm I'm too wise to, to go for a confident prediction, I think. So I'm going to go with no, a do draw. It. I'm going to do draw. I'm going to do a draw. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I said earlier I'd be happy with the draw. Give me one all and get this out of the way. Yeah. Would you be... It's stupid, but would you be happy with a draw? Or? No, I wouldn't. I'd be really annoyed. But... <laughs> Especially if we dominate the yeah, game. and well, then Because we, we, we all know how the match is going to yeah. go. We're going to have the ball for 80% of the game. You're going to score from a corner. And then, like, we hope that we're 1-0 up by that time. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's but it. With, with the stats, stats and how Leeds have played in London, a point still not good enough for what you want to achieve? I, there will be other games. It's a long season. We'll get in, there, there will be other points we'll pick up. It's just this is a good, good one to get out of the way. Yeah, it is a good one to get out of the way. Well, this has been the Leeds Fan Show. Don't go anywhere because the Millwall Fan Show is next. But this was the Leeds Fan Show with John McKenzie and Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? We have a stat. You can catch it every Friday, 8 till 9, right here on Love Sport Radio. But up next, it is Millwall. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.